This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about the Texas Rangers. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined in the studio by David Moore. And on the phone from Kansas City, we have a frequent uh, guest on the show, uh, our old pal Evan Grant. Hi, Evan. How are you? I believe I am the originator and sole proprietor (laughs) of this podcast. Well, okay, if that's true, where have you been the last 10 minutes? We've been trying to get you so we could start this segment of the podcast on time. Yeah. I've been yes, uh, I've been sitting in this rental car refusing to leave the lot until you called me. <laughs> I think that's good. I like that idea. You leaving the uh not refusing to leave the lot. Uh speaking of which, uh did the did the uh the Rangers get out of Houston? Cuz man, <laughs> oh there was nothing left after that. Uh they had to pretty much just scrape them up off the field uh and to load them up and uh put them on the bus to Kansas City, didn't they? Hey. Yet another terrible segue. B, that was quite the description. Um, <laughs> but I think the answer to your question is, I, I think this weekend was, uh, in a perverse way, good for the Rangers. Because uh, anybody who may have thought that, hey, the first month went well, which it did, and that this team was closer to uh, completing its rebuild than originally thought, I think, got a wake-up call. Um, Which is basically the whole thrust of what we talked about last week. Yeah. Watch this play out. This is, we haven't seen enough yet to really say they are ahead of things. And and now it it took only one series, I think, for everyone to readjust and go, okay, I'll I'll tap the brakes here, too. Let's, Let's wait and see a little bit more. Right, and I and I and I, you know, I don't think that the rest of the season is necessarily down the drain. Clearly, after one four-game series, but I do think what what was clear is they went to Houston, um, and the Astros just outplayed them dramatically in every element of the game. And the more that series continued, uh, the wider the gap seemed to become. Uh, and, and what when you leave there, you look at this team and you say, okay, uh, Miner and and, uh, and Cole got beat by by two really good pitchers. Um, I, I'm sorry, Miner and Lynn got beat by two really good pitchers. Uh, but I have maintained all season that the measuring stick for this team is going to be the play of the supposed young core players. And we look up now six weeks into the season, relatively a quarter of the way through, Joey Gallo has made steps forward. Uh, I think everybody would have to say they've been very pleased with what they've seen from Joey Gallo. Um, 
But there's real issues with Rugnet Odor and, to a lesser extent, with Nomar Mazzara. Yeah, I, I think, you know, to me, you you, uh, you watch these guys play, and, and that was even the case here when they were off of the good start, is that they're really getting most of the mileage off of Joey Gallo and, and Elvis Andrews, who were both playing very well. And then the guys like, you know, Danny Santana, the guys that they brought in, you know, Logan Forsyth, you know, people who are coming in, you know, Hunter Pence, who's been playing great. These are not long-term pieces. These are guys who came in and uh, have played well and have kind of carried the team a little bit. Uh, but that's not a good sign. You know, the, as you said, you, you need to see from your young guys that they are ready to take that next step up. And, uh, you know, uh, and what we've seen instead is not only are they not progressing, uh, certainly in Ruggie's place, he's regressing. Uh, we've seen him and Nomar Mazzara both have trouble catching up with fastballs. Frankly, I can't tell you, I don't have a guess as to why that is. These are, these are young guys who are not coming off any kind of injuries, who should have all the quick twitch uh, muscle that they, they could possibly need who are unable to catch up with fastballs now. That just, that's just bamboozling to me. Well, I, I do think that it's in, in some ways uh, confounding to them uh, as well, but I also think that uh, you look at these guys and they're both trying to become a little bit better at pitch recognition, uh, and that has led to them potentially, I, I guess, starting their swings a little bit later or, or seeing the ball travel a little bit more. And uh, as the season got started and guys' velocities ramped up, I, I don't know, maybe they've just had trouble catching up to it or have had to rush their swings to catch up to it, and it's put them in bad position. I know the Rangers have talked a lot about how much Mazzara's hands move before his swing uh, and that they're trying to get that to, to quiet down a little bit. But – yeah, it's, these are two guys who, you know, you can talk about all the issues with breaking balls and secondary stuff of the past, but these are guys who are supposed to be great fastball hitters, and they're not hitting fastballs. And so that's, that's got to be concerning to this club. Yeah, and and then you know, uh, not to belabor the whole Astros series because that is a look. It's a great team, uh, and and they're they're uh, they're going to be a perennial World Series favorite, in my estimation. Of course, it depends on the pitching and what happens with those guys and who they resign and uh, what comes up. But they had a guy uh, start his first um, big league game in the series against the Rangers, did he not? And, and he had what nine strikeouts in that game. Corbin Martin, yeah. yeah, he made his first big league start. A and M, A and M guy who uh, um, uh, was a second round pick, uh, made his first big league start. Punched out nine Rangers. Was throwing ninety five plus. Um, most strikeouts against the Rangers by any guy ever making his big league debut. Uh, and so you know, you're if you're the Rangers, the, the takeaway from this also is. Yeah, well, Garrett Cole may be a free agent after this year, but if this is our first look at this guy, and he's not even their best pitching prospect. Right. That's, um, that's the whole point. What, what, know, what, would the, what would the Rangers do if they had a guy who came up and in his first start struck out nine guys? There'd be parades <laughs> through this day. Oh, absolutely. Time, you know. Absolutely. But I just think I, what, it, what it reaffirms and what I think you're saying and what I'm trying to say 
stumbling all over is it just underscores like how big the gap is right now, both at the big league level and at the top of the farm system. Yeah. And, and I think that's what that, again, you don't read too much into any series, but what you had early in the year was it was so unexpected to see the two of them so close in the standings that I think a lot of fans were, well, you know, maybe this Ranger team is better. Maybe this Astros team isn't as good. So, I mean, let's see. Let's see how. And, well, again, just a very reminder, you know, well, right when you start thinking that. And, again, you always have sure. misperceptions early because it doesn't fit what's going to actually, you know, well, wind I, up late. Yeah, you, you, you win the first two series against sure. them. But they sure. were also at home. And, uh, and there was different uh, circumstances. I, I just think that, you know. Well, but let's not take anything away from – from that on, on its own. The Astros came to town um, and the Rangers won four out of six. And that was that was impressive. That was what they needed to do. But my, my thing was always going to be, all right, let's see what happens when these two teams play in Houston. And, you know, the first two games, there was some level of competitiveness, but the last two games just were, um, you know, Kind of, kind of an embarrassment for the Rangers, really, and and I think by the end of that series, they they themselves knew just just exactly what they were what they were staring uh, facing facing in the AOS. Yeah, because you look at that, and I was thinking about the the Astros lineup the other day. You go from on third base, Alex Bregman uh, certainly is evolving into an MVP candidate. Carlos Correa has has long been considered one of the top shortstops in the game. It really hasn't tapped all his potential. Starting to see that, I think, a little bit this year. Uh, Jose Altuve at second base, and then and George Springer in right field. Those four guys are among the best players at their position in the game. Uh, you know, that's four players who are probably in the top two or three in their position in the game. I just think that's that's a remarkable – and now Springer is, is, is set to become – people think now maybe he's a superstar, you know, and look what he's been able to do. So Well, that's – I mean, that's the thing when you look at this, you know, you that's why the Rangers feel like, okay, their version of Springer, Correa, and Bregman are Mazzara, Gallo, and, and Odor. And that's um, why it's so discouraging that, yeah, yeah. Odor and, and Mazzara are playing at the level they are at this point Absolutely. because you can't make the argument that we have a nucleus in place out here. Not you know, like that. Everyone one. knows the pitching staff, what issues you have there. But, you and, know, you thought you had something deeper, in this nucleus. And, David, here's the deeper issue, okay? Like, let's say the Rangers were to come to some de- decision that Mazzara is not part of the core. Where's that next core guy coming from? Yeah. Is it Willie Calhoun? And, yeah. and if it is, okay, great. Let him come up here and, and, and rake and, and, and be a big-time jitter. But beyond Willie Calhoun, all your position prospects are at Class A. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you're looking at, oh, this rebuild that was supposed to be complete by 2021. Uh, we get some of these guys yeah. to the big league, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so that's all very, very concerning in the long term. Um, I don't want to say that this season is wrecked for Odor or for Mazzara, but I do think, particularly with Odor, they have to see some adjustments here uh, and some results in the next two weeks, or they're going to have to seriously consider for his own good the possibility of sending him to AAA. Uh, I cannot believe I'm saying that, 
but they're going to have to consider that and see if that will will um, take you know maybe take some of the burdens of, of performing at the big league level if that will get him restarted. You know, and they and they, of course they've already done that once and it worked, but that was a couple of years ago. Yeah, and uh, it's and harder and harder to do later the in your older career. You get yeah because they almost is, but they almost did it last year too. I mean, we, they were in the same situation early about this time, later. right? Yeah. Well, it was a month later, but they came to Kansas City and they basically said to Odor, um, you know, Round Rock, Round Rock is an option. And he was benched for a day after this late night incident that where guys were a little bit rowdy. Uh, and he came back and for two and a half months he played like an MVP candidate uh, until really kind of, you know, in September was such a... Uh, a chaotic month for this team. I, I'm not going to really gauge much on September, but he did play really, really well, and that's again what gave the Rangers some um, some affirmation that yeah, this is who we believe Rugnet Odor is. But you can't you, you can't keep digging your hole yourself holes early in the year. No, you can't. Uh, and this because this is not the way baseball is going. What what teams are doing is teams are finding more success with the younger guys, and they're making not only are they playing. But they are making real inroads, and and the Rangers aren't mm-hmm. doing that. One of the things we talked about in that Astros lineup, those were you know, they were high picks, but those were all those are draft picks. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Alex Bregman's a draft pick, uh, Carlos Correa's a draft pick, George Springer's a draft pick. Where are the Rangers? Where is the Rangers' success in, in the draft? Right. Which brings us real, real quickly. Can okay, I go ahead. There, go ahead. I, I was going to say, do you think there has been such a a a dearth of pitching? that they've addressed too much of the draft to try to find the pitchers they've never had and overlook some position players along the way? Does that make – you know what I'm saying? You kind of – you just throw I, numbers I, I pitching versus – okay. I mean, I would like I would like to think that there would be more balance of pitching and, and position player prospects in the organization, but uh, pitching is, is the inventory – is the currency of the game. And mm-hmm. – if you've got pitching inventory and you've got pitching depth, you can go out and trade for position player prospects. Um, you could you could say the one time that they did that was when they uh, recently is when they took Dylan Tate with the with the fourth pick, and the eleventh pick went to Boston for a young left fielder from uh, actually was an outfielder from Arkansas who went on to have is having a pretty good career for the Red Sox. So yeah, Andrew Benetton. Yeah, so that's that is the one one case. But you know, look, and that was the same year. That was the 2014 uh, 2015 draft. Which you know, if you really want to start diving deep into that, the Rangers played really well after Ron Washington's resignation in September. Were headed for the worst or second worst record in the big league. Um, would have ended up with the number two pick, maybe the number two pick in the draft was Alex Breckman that year. Yow. All right, speaking of which, all right, so I don't want to get too much into in to, to the draft, but we know what the Rangers' uh, history is in the draft, and they, they like high school guys. They like guys who are very toolsy, as we like to say, very athletic, not not guys who are pigeonholed as one position. They don't want to be drafted first baseman, or you know, they want a guy who's very athletic. Uh, to, you know, Bubba Thompson to me is a perfect example of that kind of guy that they they like to draft. Um, there's been some chatter. The Rangers have the the Rangers have the eighth pick. Is that not correct? Uh, that is correct. Uh, that perhaps they might take Hunter Bishop, uh, a college outfielder, very uh, uh, 
Is Hunter Bishop a, oh, no, let me take that back. Is Hunter Bishop a high school player or is he a college player? Oh God, I'm so bad on my high, on my draftees right now. Let me look and see um, if I can. But I'm this just up. gonna. I'm just gonna. Um, he's at Arizona State. He's a junior. I, I I knew that I had that right. So he's at Arizona State. Here's a guy to me. You know, there, you know, there are some projections that have the Rangers looking at him. Here's a guy to take a college player and think that maybe he might be able to to make a contribution at the big league level in a year or two is very intriguing to me considering the fact that they have spent so much capital on high school players and they draft these guys and you don't see them for three and four and five years. Uh, And maybe never because, you know, they just don't pan out. Uh, I I would feel at some point – I'm not going to say the Rangers are in a panic mode here, but surely they would have to think, you know, if we've got a chance to get a guy that we really like as a college player, maybe we ought to maybe we ought to give that a shot this time. Oh, I, I think they will, and I mean, I think that um, you know, it's, I, I don't think Bobby Witt Jr., the high school player from Colleyville, Bobby Witt's son, uh, I don't think he's going to fall to number seven. But that is a high school player. I think they or number eight. That's a, that's a guy the Rangers would have to consider. Um, well, he's considered probably the first or second pick in most most drafts. In most, yeah, in, in, in most in most estimations, though, so, I mean, he's been since he was considered the top prospect, and we all like to uh, the next exotic thing. People have been kind of you know knocking him a little bit uh, in favor of other guys, but I do think that the intriguing guy for me is uh, Josh Young at Texas Tech, uh, third yeah. baseman, right. and you know this is a guy who hey, there's no third base prospect in the organization as Drupal Cabrera's on the on a one-year deal, this is a guy who could come fast, and and if you're, you're if you're looking to sync up your rebuild with guys that while you still have them under control, all of a sudden you know Jung could be here. Let's say he's drafted in 19, say he could be here in, by 21. All of a sudden you are looking at uh, a guy that you could kind of sync up with those other guys if you deem the other guys core guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I, I think that. I think this draft is a little bit deeper on, on a college player level, and I do think that that uh, the Rangers certainly are at least considering the idea that because they're so thin uh, at the upper levels of the minor league system and because they could use a, a strong core, that if there is a college player who could come quick, that, yeah, I mean, it might not be – might not be where they go in saying we're taking a college player end of story but i it certainly could be a tiebreaker in the decision making process yeah i just think that they you know, let's face it john daniels just needs a little success in this draft uh, or in, in a draft you know he just needs to have somebody makes a contribution right away because as we've we've looked at uh the first round picks that just hasn't happened uh in his right. in his tenure and he's had some success in later rounds of drafts, uh, and 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 I, we all know how hard it is to to find players in the in the first round. Uh, you know. Baseball is harder than any other well, sport. Mike Mike Trout was a, was the twenty fifth pick of his draft. The twenty fifth pick of that <laughs> that draft. You know, and it was he wasn't even the Angels' first pick in mm-hmm. the in the first round. So it just that just goes to show you how crazy it all is. Uh, but uh, I don't think there's any question that John Daniels is going to need to to hit on one of these guys. Uh, he needs to he needs something to 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 kickstart this this organization because as as we've been talking about, 
these uh, these young players are, are not taking that next step, and in some cases they're going backwards. Uh, you know, right. uh, it, it is it is uh, it is depressing to watch. You know, because it's one thing to watch a, a team lose and and not be able to compete because you don't have enough pitching. It's another thing when you watch it lose and then the young guys are just floundering. You know, that's uh, Again, I mean, I that's bad. Can't, I can't overstate this enough. People can, you know, you can, we can sit here and beat up the pitching staff all we want, but never at any point in time was this pitching staff supposed to do anything other than really kind of do some placeholding and potentially in a guy like Mike Miner maybe uh, create some trade value, which he has done. Where this team uh, was going to make – and I think if you read, if, you know, if, if in my column this morning, John Daniels talked about the, you know, the young guys taking steps forward. That that was going to be a big part of this year's formula. That's what you're grading this team on, and you can't go one for three in this one. You know, you you, you have to have these guys all really take a step forward, or else you're looking at a longer. I think you're looking at a longer process. And and if, and if you can't, if you can't stand in there competitively to for the good of your franchise and your fan base you have to sell hope and excitement and yeah. and if 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 two of the three players you considered your core you're not seeing that uh talk about just a, a pall being cast not not just over the fan base but think within the organization itself and and that sort of when you see that happen, that that has ramifications pretty quickly, and now and now you're losing continuity because you're shaking things up, and it's uh, that that can put you even even farther behind of where you want to be. Sure, sure, forces you to make some panicky and desperate decisions, and that's what you don't want to make. Okay, panicky and uh, that that sounds like but, a. So speaking of a decision we want to make, we're going to end this podcast now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Panicky decision. I think panicky is what they need to put on the billboards, don't you think? <laughs> Rangers, panicky. Oh, man. Together we panic. Yeah. Together we panic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is not going the right direction, Evan. Um, I, I, you know, it is interesting to watch the decisions that are going to be made now. Uh, and, and I think, you know, we, we've talked about people like Danny Santana, who's, I guess, 28 years old. That's not a guy you're going to build with. But he's playing better. Then, then uh, he's playing a lot better than Ruggie Odor is playing right now. At some point, you kind of have to be – you owe something to the other players on the team. You know, uh, it's just like Hunter Pence is playing so well right now. And Delano DeShields was That's not – That's what you get into in these situations, yeah. yeah. I mean, Delano, you, you, you get unequitable deci- – you get decisions based not on performance on the field. And then the more of those you make, the more it impacts your – team chemistry and interactions and makes you a worse team in some way. So it's, yeah, it's very delicate, very delicate period. Yeah. They made that call with Delino. And of course they don't owe Delino the kind of money that they owe Ruggie Odor either. And I think that's certainly a part of the decision-making process as well. Money factored in? Yeah. You're saying? Hard to believe, isn't it? So. Well, money, it's not just money. It's the years on the commitment, right? I mean, Odor is signed through 22 and, and with a potential option for 23. There, there's commitment in terms of, of both service and, and financial. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think it, I think the underlying statement there is, hey, any thoughts that Delino would be kind of uh, ele- could elevate himself into one of the, the core players of, of this group, uh, I think that's out the window now. Yeah, um, yeah I think so, it is, too. You know, you've, you've already kind of X'd that one out. Um it's just not 
it, you shouldn't. It, it, it's it's a it's not a good thing to say. It's a real backhanded compliment when your best signings of the off season are minor league deals, and that's that's where the Rangers are at. Yeah. Well, you're you're our best signing, Evan, and please know you're welcome back almost any time on this podcast. <laughs> I, I appreciate the almost in there. Evan, it's great to have you on, bud. Have a good time in Kansas City. Eat some good barbecue. Which one are you going to eat this time? Uh, well, I'll probably make it to Q39, Q30. Yeah, I forget which which Q it is, but I'll make it to, to the Q today. <laughs> it's Q a barbecue Q. Q. Yeah, I, I've been to that one, too. It is good. Yeah, there's plenty of good barbecue in Kansas City, though. We all know that. Evan, thanks for coming on with us, bud. You're great as always. We'll see you next week. or Y'all will see each other next week. I won't be around next week. I'll be on vacation. But oh, you will. Uh, yeah. But the week after that, another I'll be Another one. Back. Yeah, another, another one. Another vacation. Oh, my gosh. I, let's I'm not getting even my hair cut. I'm going to have to do it by phone. <laughs> I'm glad you got All that right, ahead so of I'll time. talk to you soon. See you, Evan. There Bye. goes Evan Grant uh, off to Kansas City. Got his dauber down a little bit. Now we can get outside of the – the uh, rent car lot. Yeah. Now leave the rent car lot since he's, he's right. finished. He's on his way to eat, probably, no, no doubt. So, at any rate. Uh, People are glaring at us. We do have to go. Yeah. That was our Rangers podcast. We've done Cowboys and Mads. Make sure you tune in on all of them. They're all great. They're all worth worth your while. And uh, we'll be back. Some of us will be back now next week. Now you're just week. lying to people on the way out as yeah. you're on vacation. <laughs> They're great. you got to listen. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.